So you wait. So you got a you got the Indian Challenger. Yeah, I just picked it up on the twenty sixth. Well, I paid for it on the twenty sixth. You got the took it, brought it home Saturday. Nice. Yeah, when I test rode that bike, um, I had like the same giddiness that I got from the FTR. I mean, you saw the FTR video, right? Right. And I mean, we both. You have an FTR. You have the FTR twelve hundred S race yep. replica. Is is it called race replica or is it just like replica? No, it's the race replica version because of the red trellis frame and acrophobic on it that's that's so cool you got the first one in tucson you suck (laughs) (laughs) i got the second one yeah um at least that's what people are telling me maybe i got like the third or fourth one but no you got the second one awesome yes awesome i i'm so happy about that thing i mean i mean i was talking in uh um in my videos that i've been waiting for it ever since seeing the 750 when did you like all of a sudden you're like, nope, I'm waiting for that thing to come out. When is it coming out? Like when did that happen for you? I'd have to say when they did that one-off video where the guy was riding in the uh, irrigation in L.A. Yeah, yeah. I was like, they have got to make this. And then they revamped their video with all the little snippets of people saying, make it, I'll buy it. And I understand it was a whole new realm for them to build that thing from what I talked to uh, the reps and everything. It's, it's, it's not a matter of just throwing a motor in a frame and slapping some decals on it to say Indian or FTR or something. There's, there's that the smart lean or not the smart lean, but the, the six axis sensor that's in it so that the bike always knows which way is down. You can't just throw that in a bike and call it good. I mean, you've got testing and, the problem with testing and getting all the bugs out that some consumers have issues with is that they think that they covered the whole spectrum. I mean, riding styles vary from person to person, and that test rider for Indian may never do what you and I do on our bikes on a regular basis. Yeah. So for that input not to be there, it just doesn't show up. Um, of course, everything new has bugs, but uh, all in all, I think they wanted to do a sound release in the U.S. because I believe Indians always been scrutinized. They've always, you know, oh, well, you're owned by yeah. your father company, Polaris, you know, so you're not a real motorcycle. It's like, well, that's not true. I mean, when they bought the Indian name, they sat on that name losing money for over 18 months before they even put a vehicle into production. So that just shows commitment. I mean, anybody can throw a motor into a frame and call it an Indian. They did that twice and it didn't work out. Yeah. I was going to say like sitting, like I have a tough time sitting on a video for like two days because it's like, I want it out now. So I can't imagine sitting on the Indian name, which is this huge brand for 18 months. I mean, they could have just seriously thrown one of those uh, like victories and just literally just flip the logo and then be like, Hey, it's an Indian. And then people yeah, so they they were smart about that. They definitely were. Yeah. Um, and when it, I think when it comes to their product line too, I mean, they don't put out like a new bike or like to five new bikes every year. No. Like they put out a new bike that they've done testing for years and did research. I mean, they're sounds like they're pretty smart when it comes to that. Yeah, and they're very close to the chest with their information. They don't let out much, if at all, or they'll leak it deliberately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word about a fixed fairing bike like the Challenger, they leaked and 
they just leaked some pictures out. I mean, they could have done closed course, so on and so forth, but there was no mistaking it was an Indian just by the engine that was sitting in it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they refined it to the point that they did because it does look a lot better than some of their original pictures. The uh, the bike itself with like the smart lean technology, um, I, I just see them going forward with that in all their vehicles. It's it's smart. such a yeah, yeah exactly. It it's it's taking even veteran riders that you, we get ourselves into predicaments that if you had a little help from the bike instead of relying on all your knowledge and everything at a split second, you know, and the bike can do it. People, oh, oh well, I don't like ABS because I want to have full control. Well, ABS is time and time again proven itself yeah. to be reliable and it useful. It keeps you in control, especially on the street. I mean, I, I can understand on, on off-road dirt and all that stuff. It's like, let's yeah. take ABS off. But, man, it, when you have pavement or a hard surface you're riding on, ABS, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Definitely, and a textured yeah. surface will change the ride in a split second. Yep. Um, sand in a turn that hasn't been there for weeks is all of a sudden there. I mean, come on. Yeah. How much do you know about that six-axis thing? Because that was something interesting that I, I went from a Harley that had zero rider aids to all of a sudden I got wheelie control, traction control, I got lean mitigation, I, I got crazy stuff. I can turn all that off and turn some things on. Yeah. Like for yep. you, I mean, you have the challengers. I mean, I, I didn't dive too much into it, but how does that work with you? Like, how do, do you like that stuff? Do you think that's something that people are going to be doing? It's an added safety precaution um, that I believe that was well needed to incorporate into a heavier bike. Mm -hmm. uh, they actually have a video out uh, about the smart lane technology from Indian, and it actually shows the guy dumping the bike by locking up the front wheel in a turn. And they explain the way the whole process works and the code that they have to write for these bikes for this information to be translated and work in milliseconds you know you, you got to give them a break when you know it doesn't seem like something's working right yeah. um, their best feedback is patient customers that are willing to come in, in the shop and say hey my bike's doing this you know what can we do about it and if it's first we've heard or if it's something that we have on a regular basis, we can feed it back to them. The engineers can sit down, start working with this, and take care of the issue. But to come in and throw your keys down and say, my bike's jacked up, fix it, you know, that does nothing for us. Constructive criticism will get you to point B quicker, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, so that's just it's crazy how the technology's definitely moving. And I did some research on it because I was really concerned. I was like, well... Like, because I accidentally activated wheelie mitigation. I was like, well, how does that work? Right. And I'm glad it worked because I lifted that front tire up and it put it back down for me because yeah. I have zero control over that. But uh, I, I looked it up and it's really new technology. It's way different than like a car's, you know, rider or driver aids. It's like mm -hmm. literally they are developing things just for motorcycles. And I'm so glad it's still in. And that's definitely not something that MotoGP riders would use. I mean, they oh no, no, yeah, they they lean yeah. and then they push it. So this is something definitely for uh, the street and consumer riders, which I that's awesome that they're doing. I think they need to do more just like that. Um, but you you're mentioning like bringing stuff into the shop. So like, uh, it, I don't, what is your like in your opinion your title? Like, I everyone asks me what are you? I'm like, well, I guess I content creator. 
like I don't even know what I am. So like, what are you like in terms of, I don't even know. Uh, by shop standards, uh, I'm the lead tech. I've been there since day one. I, uh, I'm the highest qualified except for gold. Uh, in order to get gold certification, I physically have to leave the shop and go to one of Indian's training uh, classes to get that. Uh, it's not necessary to be able to work on the bikes. It's something that benefits the shop and the service department as far as perks from Indian. Um, you always have to have two qualified technicians in the shop to be a Indian shop. Um, eventually it's going to turn into with the volume that we have coming in, I'll become what they call a shop foreman. Uh, I won't have my hands on the bikes near as much, but I will be an integral part in all the technicians working on the bike as far as going around, double checking work, making sure that our standards that we've set uh, exceed everybody else's. That's that's good. That's cool. Uh, so as like a shop, I'm, I'm assuming as a shop foreman, I'm just guessing, I'm, I'm like equating it as like a captain or a chief in the fire service. It's like you have to know all the policies, you have to know all the like the ins and outs of certain bikes. And Very then much. you pretty much just walk people through a first or something, or do the text below you I will, still have to go and understand everything? Well, they still have to do their own training to get uh, bronze and silver certified. Okay. And uh, I went to school at Motorcycle Mechanic Institute up in Deer Valley in Northern Phoenix for a year and a half. And other than having a three, nine, four grade point average. One of my major accomplishments was hundred percent attendance. And that's not just showing up every day for class. Uh -huh. That is literally not missing one minute of class from beginning to end for a year and a half. That's, that's, that's crazy. Some people probably have a time or a tough time with that. Yeah. Um, shoot. I remember even in fire Academy, if you missed uh, more than, was it like eight hours of anything you're just out and that's 14 weeks i can imagine for a year and a half that's crazy yeah. man that's awesome that's awesome um it, and i'm gonna keep saying in your own opinion uh yeah. but in your own opinion um we're gonna jump into some of the stuff that uh on my discord server people are asking because sure. they really want to know more about mechanical stuff i mean i even want to know more about mechanical stuff because i sure. shoot i don't want to change my own tires i'd rather you do it <laughs> it's like that's too much for me i'll do my oil and all that stuff and i think that's where a lot of them are coming from yeah. but um one thing that i i really like and and one thing i choose when i'm looking at a bike is like i don't want a carbureted bike Right. just because of all the horror stories that I'm hearing. And I just really like fuel injected. I don't have to deal with it. But there's so many people out there. They're like, you know what? A carbureted bike is, you know, it's its own little thing. You could actually get more out of this, out of that. And I don't understand it. So uh, when it comes to carbureted bikes and liquid, or not liquid, uh, fuel injected, like what's mm -hmm. your opinion on that? Um, consumers nowadays are always looking for ease of use. Um, if they can walk up, and hit the start button and the bike starts up, they don't have to work a choke. They don't have to wait so long for it to warm up. Um, carbureted bikes are for people that love to, not, I don't wanna say tinker, but they love to keep their hands on their bikes and work on them. Uh, there's a lot of extra maintenance. Yeah. Um, carbureted bikes have fuel sitting in a bowl and especially out here in Arizona with the dryness and the heat, Mm -hmm. 
gas will go bad a lot quicker. Uh, what happens is it'll start to varnish on like the pilot circuit, which is a needle that literally drops down in and allows certain values of fuel to flow through to get put into the intake. Mm -hmm. um, that starts to varnish up. So your 5% throttle has now been cut down to maybe 2%. And then oh. all of a sudden when you crack it open a little farther, instead of being thinking, okay, well, I'm at like 2% and you crack it to 10. Now you get 10 because now you have enough flow through that varnish. Or if there's debris, um, gas takes a funny shape. Um, it's probably one of the most volatile problems in the bike as far as when it goes bad, it turns gummy and kerosene-like. Uh -huh. It gets super thick. It won't flow through those super small ports. Um, when you rebuild a carburetor, you have what they call piano wire, and it's super hard, thin, and you just got to go in there and work this varnish out. Um, debris gets in there, it'll clog it up. Uh, fuel injection is a lot less tedious to maintain. Um, obviously, if you're going to store your bike for any amount of time, you want to put some kind of a fuel stabilizer in there because the fuel's still going to varnish. Mm -hmm. And the holes in the injectors are super small, but you cannot do any maintenance on injectors other than to just clean them a little bit. Um, and they're not inexpensive either. They're You can get it. Most injectors run like around about 200 bucks a pop. Okay. So like on a V-twin, you'll have two. You get into your sport bikes, you'll have four. Um, super high performance. Sometimes you'll even have eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, fuel injected, a little bit easier as long as you ride it and rotate that fuel. And if you don't, put some of that cleaner stuff in there, right? Or the, yeah, the sta stabilizer. stabilizer. Fuel stabilizer. Okay. So if you, uh, I know a lot of people that they like the older bikes just because the way it looks and all that stuff. And obviously, it's not fuel injected. Um, so they're going to have carbureted stuff. Um, right. do, you, do you usually get some of that stuff, like uh, like used bikes when they come in? Um, let's just throw a scenario out. So you get a used bike that is like, let's say it's a trade-in, um, mm -hmm. carbureted, whatever it is. Um, like, which ones were the easiest for you to work on? Like, just first thing that comes to your mind. You know, which, which bike a dirt was bike. A dirt bike? A dirt bike is the easiest ones to work on. Uh, they don't have a – they're not put into a frame per se, and they're not covered by fairings for the most part. Uh, so in order to get to like the carburetors, usually they're exposed where you can see them. Mm -hmm. Um, there are certain models like comes to mind the SB650. It has a small fairing and you can see the carburetors hanging on it. Uh, we had one that came in that there was no fuel delivery and we did an old mechanics trick of draining out the, uh, fuel bowl where mm -hmm. the fuel sits for, it's a reservoir. Uh, reservoir for fuel so when you pull the throttle it lets the fuel run and it draws a little bit but if you crack it too hard most of these are gravity fed so you don't have a fuel pump pushing fuel like fuel injected so it's got to have fuel from somewhere it'll just it'll bog on you and when you do that there's a spring-loaded diaphragm that pushes the fuel up to allow it to go into the intake when you require it at a faster pace holy crap dude i'm learning so much <laughs> i'm learning so much right now this is really but cool. Once, Go ahead. But once again, we, we hooked up a tube and we sprayed carb cleaner reverse through it uh -huh. and it blew the what was ever blocking our main pilot because it wouldn't idle. You could hold it at like 3% throttle, it would run, but as soon as you let go, it would stall, even with the choke on. So okay. that tells us right there that there's a pilot needle for the idle position. And you can crank the idle up, but it doesn't fix the problem. 
Oh wow! Like I said, I'm I'm learning a lot. Like uh, one thing that that I did realize um, when I started working on my bike is that I actually had like I don't know what it is. Like I started to really learn how the bike works, but then it, then that affected how I would actually ride. So like what you're saying with the you'd get two percent throttle or whatever when you tried to do five when you're out riding and you're like, man, what's that noise? What's that feel? And then you're like, oh, it could be this, could be this. And then yep. it really changes things. Because uh, you don't want to get used to that normal of, well, okay, well, I pull 5% and I only get two. That's the norm. It, it, yeah. it really isn't. And I think a lot of new riders don't get that, including myself. Like, it's not something I focused on. New riders focus on uh, how to ride, how to do it safely. But then it really does come down to maintenance, too. Yes. Um, and I told you I don't change out my own tires and stuff, but... Uh, have you ever seen like tires? I mean, I, I'm just throwing this out. Have you ever seen tires that are just like, oh my gosh, how'd you get it here? Oh yeah. I've had them roll in and they'll say, I think I need a newer tire. And you walk and you look and you can see the cords oh. in the middle of it. And you think to yourself, one sharp stone and your tire is blown. Oh. And it, <laughs> oh a flat gosh. tire in the rear is not near as bad as a front. Yeah. Because now you've lost your steering and your brake. At least with the back tire, you lose a little bit of stability, but you can still brake. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is not panic, which I'm sure you cover in your, your safety video. Um, but the, the key rule, I make money off of people coming in the shop. I would much rather change out your tire when it's due than to change out your tire, your rim, your rotor, your 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 belt or your chain if you broke it because you went down yeah. your gas tank your your parts because i can get another thousand miles on it why take the chance yeah keyword is maintenance is always cheaper than repair that's true that's true and then then gear is always cheaper than hospital bills i mean exactly. i guess i guess we all have in our own little you know mechanics and then safety stuff we have our own little niche on that one a little yeah. saying um, when it comes to, uh, your bikes, let's, let's go over your bikes, man. You got, okay. you got some bikes. You got like, we already talked about the FTR. So you got top right. of line FTR, badass thing. Then you got the challenger. Did you yep. get the challenger limited or was it yeah, the, I got the blue limited? That's the one I test rode, dude. That thing was oh, yeah. so smooth. And then you have, uh, you have a scout. Yes. Right? I have a 2015 first run scout, uh, I gave our shop an extra 500 bucks to try to get one of the first ones. I actually got the second silver one in Tucson. Uh, I loved it. Um, when I first came to work for the shop, I had two sport bikes. I had a 99 TL 1000R Suzuki, oh. uh, V-twin sport bike, 1000 liter. Um, that is a very nostalgic bike. <laughs> you, um, the way you're looking, you're like, oh. Man, I remember that thing. <laughs> well, I, I'm selling it as we speak. Oh uh, no! One of the guys, one of the guys at the shops is buying it. Um, but I, it's one of those bikes that if you sell it, you don't want to sell it to definitely a new rider. Uh -huh. um, the torque on that is ridiculous. Um, it is a heavier bike, but it's just when it starts up and them V twins are pumping through that exhaust it just it's, it's an eerie sound people when you start up people will look at it like 
that's not a sport bike. <laughs> I've had them look past it, looking for something else starting. Yeah. You had a, you had a nice exhaust on it then, man. That's, that's yeah, cool. I got a Yoshi on that, Yoshimura exhaust on that, which I've heard it with two brothers and other than Vance and Hines, and it just doesn't have the same ring to it. Mm. Uh, actually, Yoshimura designed that bike originally. He wanted to get into uh, racing with it, and he put that V-twin in it. And he went out and just found that it wasn't the right bike suited for that kind of racing. And he's like, he was going to scrap it. And Suzuki says, no, you need to build it. So he literally gave him all the engineering blueprints and says, you guys build it. Wow. And that was your start off for your Hayabusa's and your GSX-R uh, 1000s. That's where they all came from originally. A lot of the Busa parts are interchangeable on the TLs. So you, you like follow the history of the parts and, and where it all kind of came in. Did you, did you do that because you're buying stuff for your bike and you're like, I want to know the history or do you, did you just kind of know it? And then. No, it was like the, after the fact, whenever I get a bike, um, especially if it was used, um, I want to get some history behind it. I want to, I want to know what's available for it. Um, um, Harley does a great job of making a bike and keeping the longevity of a model so that aftermarket companies can capitalize on that. I mean, you take a Sportster, sense, yeah. you can take a, a bone stock Sportster off the floor and go home and turn it into a bobber. You can turn it into whatever you want with a lot of bolt-on parts and accessories. Um, but that's due to the fact they've kept their, their frame and their motors pretty much the same for so many years. Um, I, my hat's off to him. That's mm -hmm. awesome marketing. Yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, when I would get into a bike and it got kind of how I got into being a technician as far as a paycheck, um, I've got a computer-aided graphics associate's degree. I was in a sign shop. I was doing graphics for a sign shop and my brother-in-law and uh, it just wasn't working out. And all my friends, because not only did I work on my bikes, I worked on all my friends' bikes. Uh -huh. And I had done that since back in 86 when I got an FZR 600 from a kid. Started riding that and I was working on it out in the parking lot of the barracks and people would ride up and they say, you work on bikes? He's like, well, yeah. So every time somebody would bring me their bike, I'd get a book and try to figure out what was wrong and so on and so forth. So I became the, my friend, he is a, he's not a technician, but he works on his own stuff all the time. He does good work. We never have any problems. I had my own tire changer. I had my own. Wow. So you started building your stuff up because of that. Well, I just wanted, when I wanted to work on my stuff, I wanted to be able to work on it. I don't, okay. you know. I mean, my hat's off to the do-it-yourselfers, but you trying to change a tire on your bike, like on an Indian, because it has the enclosed wheel wells, mm -hmm. one of two things, you either have to lay the bike down and pull Ugh. it out, or you're going to have to hoist it up high enough to clear that fender. Because at our shop, that's where, when we work on bikes, we have lifts that have dropouts. So while the bike is sitting there nice and level, it actually drops out from below and we can take the tire straight down. So we don't have to take anything apart. Wow. I've seen people hang their bikes on the ceiling with ratchet straps. <laughs> exactly. It works, but it works. 
but now you've got two ratchet straps and balancing on a front tire that sways mm. and every time you grab it and try it's it's a recipe for disaster at some point yeah um there are aftermarket companies that have lifts out there that will get you by um the like i said with the problem with indian and those enclosed wheel wells is it's tough to get them out without doing a lot of extra work yeah yeah, I, j- I just don't want to mess with having to to get the tire on the rim, take it all off, and then rebalance all that. That's just too much. I'd rather pay the money for that. Um, yeah. Is there something like like, and I don't want obviously whatever you say, it's like well I'm then taking business away. You know, like I tell people right. to to go do an MSF class or here check out Moto Jitsu or somebody and get their book. That's like taken away from me. But what is it? Uh, what would you recommend somebody like first if they want to get into motorcycle maintenance and on their own bike, uh, so they don't screw anybody else's up? But like, what should they start? I mean, oil changes seems pretty, pretty easy to do. They seem easy. Uh, bottom line, get a manual. I mean, the manual will last the life of the bike. The service manual bottom, or the yes, okay, the service manual. It has torque specs. Um, a lot of people don't know that there are torque specs on. Drain plugs. They just think, well, if tight's good, tighter is better. Until you go to take it off and you have destroyed the threads, and now you have to bring it to me, and I have to drill it out and reinsert new threads and oh, wow. charge you a lot of money when you could have bought a torque wrench, set it to 15 foot pounds, and wait for the click or the beat. Um, yeah. The other thing is tools. If you're going to work on bikes, get good tools. Um, if you have tools that you use once every three years fine get an inexpensive set um, i get all my tools from snap-on and matco due to the fact that i literally wear them out because i use them so often my oh, six yeah. millimeter i have warrantied out two times because it starts to wear down wow um, i've never had to deal with that that's crazy yeah um cheap to cheap tools aren't good and good tools aren't cheap so that's there's another, another one there's another one <laughs> yep. i love it same thing with um, helmets same thing with helmets yep. sometimes jeez when we sell bikes you get a toolkit um on your fgr you get mm. one allen wrench that's down by the battery box yep that yep. will get you out of trouble that's not for rebuilding the motor yeah um that uh if you do it a lot you want good tools that are going to last um I have my own Harbor Freight tools that I use for once in a great while yeah. because I only need them once every six months or something. And I know what the limitations are of them. I know that if I put it on an air impact, it's going to be a mat core or snap on because I know that it'll crack if it's not. Mm. Um, there's certain items on our bikes that are torqued to 250 foot pounds. Jeez. Um, people don't realize that. And it's not the torquing too, it's the breaking loose. You have heat fatigue. Sometimes they have green Loctite, which is like super glue for bolts. Um, you got to heat it up to over 288 degrees before the Loctite will even release. Wow. Um, these are things that I know because I have manuals and training that the guy that's trying to change out his driven pulley on his full-size 111 Indian uh-huh. doesn't know. And he's standing there with a pipe trying to break it loose, and he ends up either hurting himself because it slips off yeah it's it's things like this that you know our training and our labor rates are set for a reason 
Yeah, because I mean, they'll they'll try that with like a cheater bar, hurt themselves, exactly. maybe strip something, and then they bring them to you. And then, but if like they just brought it to you the first time, you already knew what to do. You heat it up, you do all that stuff, and you just kind of yep. it's it's natural for you. And all it, my sockets fit. I'm not taking a metric bike, and I've got a big standard socket that almost fits. It's a little loose, but it'll it'll still work. Because you round that bolt off or that nut off, now we're in trouble. Yeah, so you have the exact fit to the millimeter, all that stuff. Perfect. And like I said, when these tools start to wear and I start getting a little bit of movement on them, they go right back on the tool truck and I get a brand new one. That, honestly, like that to me says that, that you take care of your stuff. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, we're not here to like talk bad about anybody, but I'm pretty sure there's some mechanics out there that it's like, oh, I can get like, like the, with the tire, it's like I can get another you know, month or two out of this tool or something. And then now you have a problem and something happens and then the guy gets their bike back and it's just like, what the heck? So that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that you're doing that. Um, what, what's personally, like, Oh, go ahead. Personally for me, it's, it's a, it's an ethics thing. If I do shortcuts on your bike, I'm not the one that's going to be riding it for the next six months to a year. Mm. It's your life in my hands after I'm done with it. That's why we always do test rides after to check, make sure everything's functioning on what we work on. And a lot of times we will check other components that we didn't even work on. Um, one of my responsibilities as being the lead tech is spotting things on bikes that most people, even the owners overlook. Mm -hmm. um, I had a customer come in and he was getting a rear tire and we ended up putting front pads on. He didn't know his pads were down to 10%. Oh, yeah. And the problem is, is if you're ready to change your tire and your pads are 10, 15%, chances are you're going to wear out those pads before you change the tire. So if you're doing the tire and the pads are already off, you might as well do the pads. Now you have a fresh tire and new fresh pads to go with it. Yeah, you're that's not, huge. You're not, you're not double backing to have pads done because you're not going to mean you're not going to keep looking at the pads. You're going to keep looking at the tires. What is like something uh, do people like overlook? Like you're saying that they bring in their tire or whatever and they want to get that done. But then you're like, oh, man, this, 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 you should probably change or redo. Yes. Um, like what is some of the most common stuff that you typically see? Uh, most common things I see out of spec or out of adjustment. If it is, we're lucky we have fly-by-wire throttle okay. cables. Okay. Um Oh, wow. Real, I'll call them motorheads, people that have worked on older models a lot, where you have two throttle cables, one pull, one to release. If you break one, you can figure out how to switch it so that you at least can give yourself gas mm -hmm. um, and let the spring return the throttle. Clutch, you're done. Yeah. I mean, if you break a clutch cable, you're done. You're yeah. sitting on the side of the road. I don't know of anybody that can get a bike rolling, pop it into gear, and then come to a stop or float the clutch to do gear shifts well enough. They're out there, don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> misadjusted clutches. When they're slack in the clutch cable, it will rub. And as it rubs, it starts cutting those strands. I'll have to send you a picture. I was doing an oil change on my Scout. I was lubing the clutch cable in the pivot point, and I see two broken wires hanging off the clutch cable. I was like, oh, I need a new clutch cable. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, well, you sure? I was like, yeah. Took one week to get the clutch cable in, actually five days. 
When I went to take the clutch cable off, I had three strands holding it in place. Oh my gosh. So you that's knew right you knew quick. Yeah. Yes. That's how quick. Wow. They can go bad. This is just so cool because like I'm I, I'm thinking like in terms of you come from your point of view is is motorcycle maintenance, but it'll also bring in the safety part. Like that's something Very I'm much. missing personally. Like I focus on the skills, the mental skills, the gear, the human body. And I think I personally neglect a little bit of the actual bike being a big thing. So, dude, that is, I'm learning a lot. Like, I want return customers. That's what I want. Yeah. I want you to come back every time. You know, uh, like I said, I did front brakes on a guy that was getting a rear tire. Um, and he goes around, he says, go to Indian, go see Scott. They always overlook the whole bike. And we do. And it's, it's a, a checklist that we have that Phil and I have sat down and gone over and we add to it, believe it or not, um, on a regular basis, when we start finding things that seem like they're being overlooked, that should be checked. Not only to remind me that's been doing it as a paycheck for six years, mm -hmm. but, uh, just to reiterate, you know, check the tires, check the clutch, check the belt, check the fork seals. Um, a lot of times people will come in and they want this and we find other things that are wrong. Um, they had no idea. Yeah. Or they didn't know it was out of spec. I, I think as a consumer or somebody that, that brings in their bike, um, when I hear that, the first thing to my mind is like, oh, it costs more money. But then I personally know from safety standpoint, it's like, well, it's needed. It definitely is needed. Mm -hmm. And I should be spending this money to take care of this. Um but I, I like the fact that you come from that safety standpoint. It's like, hey, I'm not here to tell you, hey, you need this because I want to work on your bike, get more hours or whatever no, it is. Let's see, I, I don't even know that. But uh, you come from it like, hey, I have three cables or three strands on my clutch cable, and I know that if it's going to break, I'm done. I couldn't even imagine like it snapping and then you're, try you're trying to slow down and stop. I mean, that thing's just going to shut down on you and stall, and you're going to have problems, dump the bike, crash, whatever it is. If you ever want to try it on the range, the easiest way to do it, uh -huh. be riding along in a gear, kill the motor, but don't turn it back on and try to stop. I'll do that. Touching the clutch. <laughs> I'll do that when I have full protection on my bike. <laughs> you might want to do it in the dirt too, just so it'll slide a little easier. That's that's one thing that I would tell uh, new riders, or not necessarily riders, but you know, only new riders, if they want to practice their clutch, get a car or a vehicle with a clutch and then and then do that in the in the dirt because you'll mm -hmm. spin those tires you won't skid yep. and jump back and forth yep. um that's how i learned actually right. uh matt he's like uh he had a toyota tacoma back in the day he's like hey you want to drive i'm like i don't know how to drive stick he's like well you're gonna find out and i drove home like yep. it was and i was like what the f and then i got yeah. a truck that had it and i think that's why i did it because i was getting a truck that had it and he's like you got to learn this is how you're yeah. gonna learn so it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> That's him. Yeah, uphill starts are always the worst. Oh, you're all rolling back like crap, 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 crap. Yeah. Brake, clutch, brake, clutch, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people have that problem with, with bikes too. And I mm -hmm. and that's something I, I, I try to teach people. But hopefully I – I mean, it's – Tucson, there's some hills here. But you might never had that problem. There's no hills anywhere. So. Right. Um, um, so the, luckily uh, for me, it's – I've, I've ridden pretty much every Indian that's ever been in Tucson uh -huh. at one point or time, at least once. Yeah. So I ride other makes, models, so on and so forth. So between clutches, reaction times of how far into the throttle do I need to be? How quick will I hit a power band? Um, 
what kind of lean angle do I have on this bike? How hard do I need to lean it? Do I need to lean it at all? Is it a drive around the corner or is it a lean around the corner type bike? Uh-huh. Um, I never thought of that. Lean yeah. or drive around the corner. Yeah, that makes sense. Because when I test yeah, rode those longer bigger the bikes, rake, yeah. The longer the rake, you're not going to lean. You're just going to roll it around the corner. Yeah. Um, I've ride so many varieties of bikes on a regular basis. I pretty much have to know how to work their bike before I even get out of the parking lot or else I'll stall it and cause create a hazard on the road. But yeah. Um, you have to adapt super quick. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's what the whole demo ride stuff. That's what I like about it is that you're trying something different, but you do it every day. So that's, mm-hmm. you get like a demo ride every day. <laughs> that's cool, man. So, I mean, you said you test ride or you test out the bike after you worked on it and it's not always uh, an Indian. So, I mean, like somebody will bring in, uh, I mean, not necessarily always a Harley, but like some random bikes. Um, on the Shadows, uh, Ducati Diwali, uh, Triumphs, uh, Suzuki's of all different types, boulevards, sport bikes, Jixers. Damn. Yeah. So you get to, you get to, you, you'd be test riding a bike after you fix it. You're like, man, I really like this bike. I can go buy one. Yeah. 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 I, I get the best, cho- I get the best shopping market available because I can ride everything. <laughs> And I've had bikes where it's like, I'm on the test ride. It's like, I can't wait to get back off the shop because this thing is so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy, man. Um, I also have to take into consideration these bikes are set up for that person. Um, true. If they're shorter, uh, taller, heavier. Um, I get on a bike that's set for a heavier person that's in this higher 200 weight and stuff. His, his I cannot change it to my weight go out and ride it i have to adapt to their height yeah. or their weight and it's like you hit the bumps with a bike that's set for 285 pound rider and i'm not quite there i mean it's it's bone jarring it's not like I'm setting not the seat back and pulling exactly. the steering wheel up like it like the other yeah so i mean like with all those like different modifications and different size people and everything um like, do you recommend, like, from a mechanic standpoint, do you recommend people, like, changing things out, like, you know, getting better suspension, um, changing their seat out to match how they sit instead of being super far back because they're short? Um, what, what is, like, what is your idea about that? Like, should people just do that? Would it it's mess you up? It's probably down the same line as you as an instructor for rider safety. You do not want to ride a bike that is uncomfortable. Okay. Um, yeah, You're going to be... You're going to be agitated. You're going to be tense. And you know, tense riders fall, crash sooner than relaxed riders. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are, when you get a bike that you get on it and you're like, oh, darn, I got to stop for gas again, as opposed to, okay, it's been 45 minutes. Let's stop and get gas so I can get off this bike. I mean, that's either change the bike or change the components on the bike so that you don't want to get off the bike. That when you sit on it and you ride it, um, a lot of the, the bigger Indians, the, the chieftain and the roadmasters, and now this challenger, they're going to come out with seats that are made for long hauls. For me personally, try to ride them in town. Usually they have a wider seat base mm-hmm. to give you more support when you're sitting still for so long. Um, when you're in the city and you keep putting your feet down for stoplights and turns and braking, it cuts into my leg yeah. and it's uncomfortable. But if I was to go down a highway for a 205 mile, 250 mile trip, it'd probably be great. Yeah. Yeah. Have so, you, have you told people 
Um, like, have they come in? They're like, man, like, I'm here for my tires, but they, they just maybe say something, hint at you that this is just uncomfortable. Like, yes. can, can, it's like, do you guys have a different seat or do you have different bars? Could you do this? Or this is my idea. Like, do you walk them through that too? Or do you recommend, like, do you literally we recommend, tell um, nine times out of 10, our downfall are forums where yeah. the <laughs> internet experts have done all the research and they know a guy at Dunlop or they know a guy at Indian or they know a guy at power commander and they have all this information and that's what I want. And I've seen people do it before and it didn't work out too well. And I warn them, I was like, I've seen this before. It didn't work out too well. Oh, well, I know. It's like, you're the customer and you are always right. And I will go behind that. Yeah. So yes, it happens. Um, a lot of people, and I don't know if it's my position or my personality, uh, I had a customer come in, Scott, what do you think of this air cleaner? And I looked at it and I probably should have thought a little bit before I say anything. <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, that is the ugliest thing. I would never put that on my bike. He's like, well, I think it's cool. And it's like, that's your personality. You go ahead. And management got a little upset with me. You can't say that. It's like, he asked me, I gave him my opinion. Yeah. And a lot of my customers, they know they're going to get the truth. It may not be what they want to hear, but they get the truth from me, at that, least my opinion. There's something and, to be said about that. There's yes. definitely something to be said about that. Um, I'm not a salesman by any mind. I am a safety conscience technician. I want you back. I want you to say, I want to say, I prefer, as tire brands go, I prefer Dunlops. Um, okay. That also comes from the sport bike world. I always liked Dunlops. Okay. Um, not to say that I haven't tried other brands and got exceptional wear out of them. My problem was with one brand, but I had in a sport bike, you get 5,000, maybe 6,000 out of a rear tire and close to eight to 10 on a front tire on a sport bike. I actually got like 12 out of the rear and almost 18 out of the front. I also maintain my tires, which is a huge thing for me. People on these Indians on most of them, they have tire pressure monitors on them. Okay. As soon as you it rolls, you will get a, a triangle with an indicator in it that says you have low pressure. Customers come in and says, yeah, I might need a little air. Every time I take off, my low tire light comes on. But after I ride it about 10 miles, it goes away. It heats up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And it expands and yeah. puts the right amount of air in there. <laughs> if you look in your manual, it says... Fill it to 36 in the front cold, not after you've ridden 10 yeah. miles. And I've had people say, well, do I check them after? No needs. You have heat in them now. Yeah. The air pressure has varied. Should I do nitrogen? You can if you want, but if you ever add regular air from an air compressor again, just nullify the nitrogen. The only thing nitrogen is good for is if you're in a high humidity area, Okay. Because that's what expands inside the tires, not the actual air. It's the humidity that's mixed with the air in the tire. Oh. The humidity expands and creates pressure. Nitrogen has very little, if any, air or moisture in it. Therefore, it does not expand and contract as much. That's why the GP Moto guys run nitrogen in there, because they don't want to have to do five laps before their tires come up to pressure. Ah, uh, that yeah, that makes sense. I'm used to um, from the SCBAs filling up SVAs and just 
knowing that the 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 friction, the mechanical friction on the inside of the the SCBA, the tank, and all that stuff. But yeah, that that, that makes sense for yeah. the tires because it's exposed to outside elements, basically. Like I mean, how you're filling it up too, because we had anybody, huge the, things for SCBAs. Yeah, and the way you know is when anybody puts nitrogen in tire, they put green twist caps on, and then you know. So if somebody rolls in and says, "Hey, I need tire air in my tires." And I look down and I say, green, I say, you got nitrogen in there. And he's like, yeah. It's like, if I put my air in there, it's going to nullify the nitrogen. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe I'll just swing by whoever did it and get it taken care of. It's like, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Can you get those TPMS things for like, let's say an older bike that doesn't have a computer system? Like, is there... Matter of fact, you can. Yeah. They sell them online. They twist on instead of the valve stem caps. Uh-huh. And you can Bluetooth it right to your phone. You can get them in sets of two, three, and four. Wow. So I'm going to recommend everybody go grab some of those because I have a feeling that nobody checks their tire pressures enough. And then hopefully that's going to help them out. <laughs> My biggest silent laugh I get is they come in for their first service, 500 miles. Mm -hmm. They may not ride every time. That's fine. They come in. I say, your tires were low. But I only put 500 miles on. Them. But sir, you've had it for a month and a half. Yeah. And he's like, but... It's OEM. I was like, yes. Yeah, and you that was can probably lose, me. That was probably me. <laughs> you can lose up to five PSI in two weeks out here in Arizona. Five PSI in two weeks. So you definitely want to check your tires at least bi-weekly or yes. twice a week. Uh, at yeah, least. once every two weeks. There you go. Or at least before every ride. Granted, letting it sit there and letting it drop down and tire pressure creating flat spots um, yeah. is not good for your tire. Yeah, every two weeks, whether you're riding or not. Um, the other thing is battery maintenance. Okay. Uh, this state does not do well with the batteries. Um, I'll say I changed out my Harley batteries like once a year. It's Exactly. Yeah. It did. And it's nothing against what you did. You can still hook it up to a battery tender. Yeah, yeah, I did too. That was crazy. Heat kills batteries. Mm. Um, as far as hooking up a battery tender, inexpensive battery float chargers mm -hmm. are not good for them what they'll do is they constantly send a low voltage charge into the battery okay it will not blow up the charger but what it does it heats up the, the electro lights in the uh, or not the electrolytes uh uh the battery acid heats the, up the, the magic acid. it's the magic yes, yes. <laughs> the einstein fusion reactor thing um <laughs> it heats that up and it actually boils the components out of it and overheats oh. the battery, and it vents. And then the water level or liquid level drops, and now you don't have the salt, the reaction on all the plates, and you have what they call dead cells or weak cells. Mm. Um, get a good battery charger. And the new ones uh, actually will charge up the battery, even if you ride. I have three bikes, like you said. Uh, I will alternate it week to week between the ones. So it goes in and charges the battery up. A couple hours later, it'll send a signal. And if it gets a full charge back, it shuts down. Even the light's still green. It's not adding more voltage. So yeah, I was gonna say, cause my bike came with uh, the hookup, the little battery tender hookup. So like yeah, battery what, tender pigtail. what would you recommend for then one of those? Cause like, I probably have a cheap one to be honest. It's um, not good. 
Battery tender makes a good one. Okay. They also make an indoor, like if you have it in an enclosed area, garage, something. They also have an outdoor one that is weather resistant. Doesn't mean that you can leave it out in a monsoon. Yeah. But, okay. Um, well, any moisture duster. Yeah. I yeah. got one of those um, then. Cool. I actually have uh, an IQ Genius. Um, it works over four different types of batteries, including lithium ions. Oh. And lithium polymers, lipos. Um, I also have a cool function. You can do it three times in the life of a battery, uh, do a repair, um, provided you have fluid in it, of course. Uh, the problem with sealed batteries now is you don't know how much fluid's in there. Mm. Um, but what happens is a sulfate gets built up on the plates and the liquid can't get to it and create the electric reaction. And what this does is it drains the battery. Instead of just sending one current charge, it sends in pulses and knocks that sulfate off so that you have a surface again to create the electrical charge. Dude, you like know way too much. Like I'm trying to follow and I, and I, and I kind of can because of right. just my own experiences, but man, this is a lot of information for like somebody trying to get into it. And, but it's good information. It's stuff that you need. And it's something that, that I talk about with safety itself. It's like, this is why, this is how, and this is what, I mean, you go through all of that instead of just staying with the, this is what you should get. And then, yeah. Yeah. This Get is the good. salesman. Yeah. yeah. Instead of a salesman attitude, it's what's best for you and your bike. I mean, not everything is suited for this person. Um, I mean, what you need for your tires could be different than what I need for my tires. Yeah. Uh, depending on how I ride to what you ride. Yeah. Even though we have the exact same bike for the most part. Yeah, that's why I bought my bike is because you got the first one so that I know if I ever take it in, you know what you're doing. <laughs> oh man yeah that that's so cool that's so cool um i'm trying to think of all the stuff that i brought into you and i i brought in my harley one time and there's so so many broken things oh there we go what is something that you see typically broken on a bike we talked about overlooked but like do you see a lot of snapped like levers and all these other things yeah 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 you see a lot of uh oopses you know, Oopses. <laughs> where the, the, the lever is now conformed so that your fingers don't slip off anymore. We call uh, them racing, racing, uh, racing levers now because your hands won't slip off when you're shifting and braking. <laughs> um, and people get so mad. Said, it just fell over and the lever broke. Well, that's what they're made to do because if that lever breaks at that little indentation, it doesn't destroy your clutch perch which now mm. you have to get a whole another reservoir. Yeah. These things that break easily are made to break easily. So you're not changing major components. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Something I've, I've broken levers before. <laughs> exactly. And then they grind them down and they keep riding. Yeah. Now it's a shorty lever. Your, yeah. Now you're replacing the perch when you go down next time. If yeah. you do. Um, yeah. Something like on our FTRs, I'm still looking for, I want to get frame sliders. Hmm. RNG like makes said, them, man. RNG, they make. You them. found them that fit. I found, I found them. They made them specifically for the FTR. I got awesome. I got the front axle one. I just bought two sets or just two because I want to see how easy they fit. But yeah, they actually have ones that go through the frame, um, on yeah. the, towards the outside, and it's really cool. That That's bottom really cool. right frame trellis piece. 
I have dude, you're you're throwing out trellis. What's a trellis? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but in the front, uh, the front axle, you know how it's hot, okay, goes all the yeah. through. I got that one on. All right. And then there's another one where it's it doesn't go all the way through the frame itself. I know on the right side, it's right above the the little heat. Uh, I'm the exhaust. Uh, whatever. Okay. Anyways, I know it's right talking. above that. You can, but you have to lift the bike up. That's why I haven't done it yet. You have to lift the bike up to re- reduce uh, tension on the motor to the frame. And you pretty oh, much yes. drill it to each side. There's one on this side and one on this side, different length bolts, and it sticks out pretty good. And it looks good. Uh, oh. RNG, they, they make them. And then they have the other ones, like, for the rear, and then they have some for, you know, they have a lot. I'm going to probably buy more of those. Okay. Um, but, yeah, dude, they make them. And then RNG, shoot, they're a reputable company, so I stuck right, with cool. that. Yeah. I'll have to take a look at that. Um, I actually had some leftover from my TL, and – what I was looking for is where the motor hooks to the red frame is an engine bolt mm-hmm. that hooks near the top. And all I, I found something that fit into that actual frame piece and all I needed was a longer bolt and then put my actual slider on the outside with ours, with the FTR people say, Oh, well, you know, here's your tank. You know, all you need is that, that much. Well, no, my radiator is yeah. all the way out here. So <laughs> yeah yeah i know dude i that's uh oh that was another thing about rng i i bought their oil cooler uh a metal mesh protector okay. for the front yeah. and then i also got a radiator mesh protector for the front too so i bought a few things from them dude i recommend them i recommend them. this i'll take it, a look at the site they, they shipped from london and it got here in five days so wow yeah yeah it was pretty cool pretty cool i had to pay in pounds or whatever it is over there <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah but whatever yeah i'm all about what's best for the customer and the bike um, uh-huh. sometimes my shop doesn't have it and that's just the way it goes sometimes uh we have specific vendors that are credited straight to us um i can get helmets i can get helmets cheaper um through the shop but the style and what i want for my challenger I can't really get through the shop because I'd have to actually have the rep come in with a bunch of them, try them all on and buy them. And I don't want to waste his time. Yeah. I can go to another place here in town that sells gear for cycles and <laughs> get a helmet. <laughs> and I like the guys, you know, I yeah. know there I've been to bike nights. I went to the next bike night after you went, when you took your FTR and, uh, Everybody was checking it out. So, yeah, dude, everybody so. loved the FTR. Everybody loved yeah. it there. It was they're like, what the heck is that thing? I had that Christian Rider group. Like they're like, what is that? Because they all yeah. probably rode Harleys. And I'm like, it's the Indian. It's the Indian FTR. Oh, they ride cruisers for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that's what's cool. The longest trip. What's the, the longest, longest trip taken so far? Uh, on this thing, probably yeah, it was the Phoenix when I when I took my um, uh, total control class. Yeah, okay. to, or I took the yeah total control. It was it was a lot of fun, but I mean I had to ride it there. And I remember asking you, I was like, how did, how was it? Because you rode the Phoenix too, yep. and you're yep. like, I it, rode the Mason back. Yeah, it was doing this little thing with the the way the tires are set up. Yep, the tire and pattern. I I didn't get too uncomfortable like you said you did. I did feel the heat, but it was welcome because it was cold when I rode. Okay, so I was like, this is great. Um, yeah, but. I wasn't, I, you know, I was uncomfortable. I think towards, I wasn't uncomfortable riding, but when I got home and I tried to walk, it was one of those things like, oh man, I'm bow-legged right now. Yeah. And, For me, I rode up 
and riding sport bikes, I always took a break at Casa Grande, uh -huh. and regardless, and I'd top off my tank and then finish the trip either way. When I headed up, it was just natural. I got off, I got off at Casa Grande, I drank some of my water and stuff, and texted, told everybody where I was at, make sure they knew I was safe, finished the ride, did what I had to do in Mesa, and I thought, you know what? It only took like a gallon of gas to get here. Yeah. Even with the top off, I was like, I'm just going to top it off. I'm going to ride it straight through all the way back to yeah. Tucson. And I hit like Marana. I'm like, all I want to do is get off this bike. Yeah. I'm so tired and sore right now. Yeah. I'm so glad it had cruise control on it, though. I yes. was able to take my hand off and relax that one a little bit and then go back to it. It's a pretty comfortable bike. I wonder how it will feel with like a windshield and, you know, the whole rally package that they have. And mm -hmm. I think that's cool about, about a lot of bikes um, is that you can do those little adjustments, you know, especially, I mean, you were talking about how Harley has their, they've had that model for so long and that aftermarket support is massive. Exactly. And that's one thing I really liked about my Sportsters. I changed it from stock, cafe, scrambler, kind of with touring with bags on it but you know it, it was just cool i think it was yeah. just really cool um what's like like the craziest bike you've ever worked not craziest i shouldn't say that that's that's kind of weird but like the rarest or coolest bike you've ever worked on you're like man that is badass oh that's an easy one and sadly it's nothing that i don't usually work on it was just modified to the hilt uh lloyd from Lloyd's Cams and Aftermarket Products, uh -huh. they did a video where they did the Thin Blue Line, and they started in San Diego, and uh -huh. they were going all the way back to North Carolina, and he came in, and he had an Indian with a supercharger on it. What? Yes. Holy crap. And the gentleman that owned Charlotte Indian had a 121 motor in his what what kind what how big like what was the model indian that he had was it just a regular chieftain just regular chieftain it's super yeah. 121 isn't it like 117 like what you guys 116 116 okay so they so come one... with a 111 uh-huh and then i do a big bore kit which makes it 116 cubic inches and this guy had a 121 supercharged no he had a 121 oh. and then lloyd's had his there was a supercharged might have been a 116 supercharged. That's still that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, did you work on it, or he just he just came by? Well, I was working on the one that had the 121 in it, uh -huh. and he's like, "I got to change my clutch springs." And I see him pop the thing over, and he gets ready to put the socket to it, and I says, "What are you doing?" Now this is a guy that is really well known in the motorcycle community for these bad aftermarket parts that everybody loved. Uh -huh. I was like, what are you doing? You can't do that. You have to do this, this, and this before you do that. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, you will strip that bolt out. He's like, oh, okay. And everybody kind of looked at me like, you just questioned Lloyd. And I'm like, <laughs> he was going to break his bike. <laughs> That's so cool. That's, did it sound like crazy? Like when you... Oh, yeah. When when you opened it up, the, the 121... You could feel the power um, through the ground on your feet. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, shake the whole place. Yeah. Um, the takeoff was about the same, but the power band 
when people say power bands, it's that's that oh shit feeling that you get, mm-hmm. you know, when you you would hit it. And some of them are they go up and then they go down, and some of them go up and then down, and some of them go up down like that. Mm-hmm. There's like an on and off almost. Um, the power band on that jumped quick and went up a little bit and then dropped off fairly quickly. Um, but that has to do with cams, timing, ignition, fuel delivery, size of intake, size of intake manifold. There, there's just so much. You can't, um, I crack up, uh, people put a cold air intake. I had a 10 horsepower. No, put it on a dyno. Let's see if you got like two, um, you can't bolt things on and add horsepower. Well, you, you can should. put stickers on, though. Yes. You can put yes. flame. You get this, <laughs> it's the dimple effect. It's like a golf ball. So if you have a semi-contour surface, the air flows more freely over and creates a vortex so you go faster. So we need to make textured stickers and be like, see, these other stickers that are flat, they don't offer the same horsepower we do. Big two by four, 20, 12 by 24 inch Dan, Dan, the fireman sticker <laughs> on the side of your bike will make you go faster. Oh, just this side, though. I mean, if you yeah, had to get two side. of them it, to put it, them on both sides. Push. Yeah, you don't want to push or anything out of your lane. Oh, my gosh. that That's a good idea. I'm going to do that. I'm going to uh, go ahead and start working on that. Uh, yeah. What is... And, I, and I'm throwing these, and I and I don't like doing the interview thing, but I mean, I'm throwing oh, these questions. Cool. I don't think we went over it, but like, what is the most reliable bike you think? Like that, from mechanics. Well, of course, it is a mechanics standpoint. Most reliable bike. That there's a lot of bikes. So, uh, before Indian, and I'm not just saying that because I work on them. Uh, Honda, and Yamaha. Honda, Yamaha. Prob- and they were, when I was going to school at Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. You have your core classes, which are about nine months, and then you have make-specific. And I had Honda and Yamaha lined up because they take you into detail in their brand alone. And when I got out of Honda, not only could I work on their Honda motorcycles, I could work on their Honda generators, and I could work on their Honda ATV and their Honda and snowmobiles. It was crazy. Wow. So they made it like, so you work on this. Yeah, so it's just Honda. (laughs) Yeah. So even their lawnmowers. (laughs) <laughs> literally they had one lawnmower over there for us to play with if we wanted to tear don't, the motor apart don't they have like pianos too can you work on a piano <laughs> i don't think i could tune them no, no. <laughs> that's cool I, when it when it comes to reliability though like is it is it like the manufacturer made it reliable or is it the owner making it reliable by keeping up preventative maintenance or like i don't even know like they kind of all go hand in hand okay um, you take a car and you buy it and you drive the wheels off it, never change oil, never change the air cleaner. Um, yeah, it's going to be unreliable. Yeah. Uh, every bike, uh, my girlfriend asked me, she's like, well, how long will a bike last? Longer than most people, usually if they're maintained. That's um, true, yeah. Proper air pressure, maintaining your brakes and your pads. And that's more for safety. Yeah. The three things I never tint on are things that make me go, things that make me stop, and things that make me steer. There you go, another one. Jeez, yep. you're all for all these idiotisms or whatever it's called. Yep. I don't skimp on tires. I don't word? skimp on brakes. I don't skip on chains or belts. And I always make sure that my levers work. 
so all the primary controls yes perfect i mean so, you want to put little rivets and spikes on your bike fine as long as they don't impale you if you do go down that's true i've <laughs> seen some like some custom like gas tank uh yeah caps and it's just like caps. they're like all pointy it's like oh man imagine going over that with your junk yeah. uh when you well, hit like up. the spear handle handle yeah. for, uh, grips my tech actually stood up and cut his head open on it. Really? Oh, yeah, he my. wasn't going down the road. Oh, my gosh. I teased him. I said he needed to wear a helmet while he worked. <laughs> is there, like, well, speaking of, like, like, motorcycle safety when it comes to the mechanic, then, like, is there, like, something that if I was to work out or work out, work on my bike at home, mm-hmm. like, outside of tools, like, we're going to get some really good tools, all that stuff, like, what should I be concerned about, like, safety-wise? Second person. Second person? Have somebody readily available, even if they're just sitting there playing on their phone. If you get in trouble, you can't reach your phone because your phone's over here. Uh, Um, The bike falls on you. You're trapped. That's true. Holy crap. Dude, you're like, you have all this safety and mechanical information I never even thought of. This is cool. This is cool. 52 years old, you learn a few things. Maybe retaining more. it might be a different thing yeah you probably <laughs> lost more information than i've ever gained when it comes to motorcycle mechanics stuff nah you if you quit learning you might as well quit working yeah i learn something new all the time so you're actively looking for stuff then like you you hear about something coming down the pipeline do you like actively research it or is yes. it like okay and then i on have top training of that, videos okay yeah, i have training videos that pop up um i have to be qualified on um Service bulletins. We'll get service bulletins in randomly for vehicles. Uh, two people have to have taken and passed the quiz at the end of the service video in order for us to even order parts before we can start performing them. Wow. So, like, you could make or break, like, maybe a dealership, if the, or not maybe just you, but, like, the mechanics themselves. Management could make or break a dealership okay. if they don't stay on their techs. Okay. They're kind of lucky with me. Um, I check mine weekly. Okay. And I'm usually the voice of information. It's like, hey, we got a new video. Hey, this is a new update. Our digital wrench, our interface that works with our computers to all our bikes. Uh, There's a new update. Everybody update your computers. Um, I just have a routine that I go through, and it just makes life simple for me and everybody else in the shop. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, there's just so much stuff I didn't even know that came down to. Well, we can always do a part two. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to do a part two, man. <laughs> definitely going to do a part two. We need two. to do one on the road. Yes, a little dual vlog going on. You got the 360 camera now. You yep. got all that stuff. We got both FTRs. I mean, I've technically ridden with your FTR before. I mean, yep. Matt took it to, to the DGR. Yep. So, so I actually, I'm done. I, we don't have to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we need to do an off-road. I haven't been off-road yet. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I want to get a dirt bike so bad. Just, just like a small, or maybe even like a dual sport, like the KLX two hundred and fifty or something. Just mm-hmm. let's like just go because I, right. I actually am kind of scared about taking my, my FTR off road, like off road, off road. Once again, it's just like riding on road. Respect the bike, respect the power. Know your limitations. You're yeah. not going to do a hill climb with the FTR. It's not built for that. But yeah. if you want to ride down a two track, cool. You know. Yeah. yeah, easily. That that would be a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff out here that are like that. Yeah. And you just go slow if you have to and then just enjoy it. Yeah. Originally being from Michigan, I had dirt bikes as a kid growing up mm. and worked on my own bikes. My dad made me. Um, he's like, you're out in the woods and your bike breaks down. What are you going to do? 
just walk away from it and come get somebody. He's like, see if you can fix it. And that's where and, it started. Yep. <laughs> and the key thing that my dad always taught me, something would go wrong with my bike. And I said, it's not doing this now. He's like, what'd you do to it last? He wasn't looking to blade, place blame. He was looking to see where to possibly start where the problem might be. Mm -hmm. And it could be something as random as somebody comes in, my bike won't start now. Okay. Well, let's do bike won't start. Will it not power up? Nope. It powers up. Okay. We've had people say my bike won't start and you turn the key on or you hit the key fob and there's no power. Well, there's no power. Yeah. It won't start. Well, that's a little different. We, yeah. <laughs> we can start at the battery there yeah. as opposed to the starter. Um, so then you'll get no power crank no start no crank and then you'll get like i said crank no start which now we're, we've really eliminated a lot of items from it and people can do this i've gone down the road and being the type of person i am not necessarily the job i'll see a motorcyclist over to the side of the road i've done it numerous times one instance i was going down houghton uh heading to my old house guy sitting on the side of the road and i see him doing this looking around his bike and I was like, I wonder if everything's all right. So I quick pulled over and I walked up from a distance, told him who I was, where I worked. So he didn't feel threatened. Yeah. And so this guy's going to steal my bike. Yeah, he's going to roll me <laughs> for my bike. I was like, so what happened? He says, I don't know. I was riding along and it just quit running. I was like, all right, can I ask you what you did last? And he says, I put gas in it. I was like, all right. Um, where did you get gas at? Cause he could have gotten bad gas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, such and such. I, being from the area, knew that it was a reputable place. I was like, so you were riding along, and it just shut down. I was like, did the lights go out? He says, no. He said, just the motor quit. I said, all of a sudden. He says, yes. I was like, can I try to start it for you? He's like, well, I got my buddy coming here, but sure. So I walked over. I turned the key on, and I didn't hear a fuel pump, and I didn't hear any relays go off. Gosh, and I looked see, over. crazy. He had accidentally hit his kill switch, didn't even know it, and stopped the bike. Uh, I flipped the kill switch down, hit the start button, and started right up. What did you do? I was like, you accidentally hit your kill switch. Well, I feel like an idiot. I was like, well, be that as it may, it still runs. Call your buddy, tell him to cancel the truck and the trailer, and go ahead and finish on it. He's like, thank you so much. He's actually been into the shop a couple of times just to thank me again so he wasn't stranded at dark. That that is awesome, dude. That is awesome. Like that, and I try to equate it to my firefighting stuff, but it's just like we'd get calls like that too. You know, it's yep. like something happened. Like, please come help me. And then it's like, well, this is the small problem, and you fix it. And I'm sure you're having the same feeling of I'm glad it was the kill switch, and not something major where you're on the side of the road, hurt, or you or have dark. massive, or and yeah. You know, and you got no power, so you can't turn any lights on to let people know you're there. And uh, had another incident. I was actually driving one of our slingshots and seeing a Harley bagger sitting off. Now, I'll be right honest with you. I don't know a whole lot about Harleys. My number one source of information left the shop, and he now works for the post office. Um, I pulled over. I said, maybe there's something I can do. Maybe I can even give him a ride you know, someplace. So I pulled over and I walked up to him and he is the president of 
I can't think of the name, but now it's one. It has something to do with child abuse. Okay. Or no, so, uh, Abate. Okay. The, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. He's he's the president of Abate, and he says my transmission went. And I says, really? I was like, how do you know it was transmission? He's like, well, I was going along, I heard a big bang, and then I could rev the motor, but nothing happened. I'm like, oh, okay. And I had my work shirt there, and I had my flashlight. So I grabbed my flashlight out. I, for whatever reason, I went and I looked at the back. He literally broke the belt off of his bike, his drive belt. Oh, my gosh. And I says, well, you're not going to go anywhere without a drive belt. Are you kidding me? And he walked around. He says, I got one of those. That'll only take me 20 minutes as opposed to changing my transmission. Yeah. It'll take me all day. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I'm sure they would find that. But it, it solves, like, for me, it, it solves a head problem. Like, my yeah. problem. Like, I'm thinking. It's like, I'm stressed. Is, yeah. Yep. You just solved it. And that's huge. That's huge when it comes to, like, me just, and I'm pretty sure anybody else. Just stopping to see if there's something you can do. Yeah. You know? And... You know, maybe they took a bug in their eye or something like that, and they can't see, you know, yeah. and they're in a panic. Yeah. <clears throat> Just having somebody there to, if anything, look out for them if they are working on their bike. Stand there and be a visual deterrent for people to come too close to people. Yeah, and I'm sure these, uh, both those riders, they would have figured, like I said, figured it out if they, they kind of relax and then look through every little thing. But from an outside perspective, and you're like, okay, I'm not the, it's not my emergency. I can see it clearly and I'm looking to do my own, I guess, T clocks or your version of mechanics T clocks and just, okay, here, 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 boom, no belt or engine shutoff switch. Yep. And that's, that's crazy. Like that, that will definitely help some people. I mean, if they would just kind of step back and look, okay, now let's go through the process. And one thing that I like what you said was that you listened. You asked these specific questions. Okay, what did you hear? Okay, when I start the engine, I don't hear the the pump starting or this, 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 or I do hear the pump. That right there, I had no clue. Like if mm -hmm. I start the bike, I turn it on, and I wouldn't even know like what the noises are. Mm -hmm. I just know that that's it's starting up. So that's, mm -hmm. man, that's really cool. That's, I need to learn all that stuff. Or we can just have you on again and tell us more stories because I love it. I love the stories yeah. that helps oh, that's out. Fine. Um, I absolutely love it. That's kind of the, the, the nice thing about our shop. Um, most shops you go to, you never even get to see the guy that works on your bike. Um, I get yelled at a lot because I spend too much time with customers sometimes and I should spend more at my lift. But when I spend five minutes with a customer, I usually keep that customer for the lifetime of their bike through us. Yeah. Um, I won't quote times. I won't quote rates. Uh, I will give you my opinions and my, what's the word I'm looking for? My, my decision. Um, there's, there's no reason to guess and, 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 BS people into believing stuff. Yeah. Uh, I can show you in paper. I can show you I've done it this way 25 times. It works every time. Mm -hmm. and, and then um, you're also finding new things too. So, I mean, yes, always. So, you're just building that foundation consistently. Yep. Now, now you have like this massive foundation. It just keeps rising. <laughs> That's all it is at the end of the day. It's like just keep adding to your foundation. There's no really anything crazy. Well, um, probably the biggest highlight I've had lately was. Uh, 
our Indian rep came into town and he brought his boss from Minnesota and he's like, Oh, Oh, this is Scott. He's like, he's like one of the most popular people in, in Tucson. And the other one is a guy named Dan, Dan. He does video blogs. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So you and I are the two top personalities in Tucson and they're Oh man, that's badass, dude. Yeah. That's badass. Well, we need to get you more, uh, on this and then we need to set up those, those cameras of yours get you started because i mean honestly just listening to just those two stories um i mean it just only so happened to be about somebody on the side of the road but i'm sure you have i want to know more about uh those people bringing bikes to you when you before you were a mechanic or all that stuff i want to mm -hmm. know we, we need to get you back on but uh sure by all means yeah but uh yeah i gotta i'm gonna take my kid to the skate park and have some fun over there and and watch him do his thing but yeah dude i'm excited i'm excited yeah. about this all yeah, right cool Awesome. Yeah, I got to go to Cycle Gear and get my girl her own helmet and her own jacket. Very good. Rode one of my helmets and one of my jackets when I took her for a ride on the Scout and the FTR. And she didn't like the FTR. She felt like she was going to fall off. So she literally squeezed the air out of me by the time I got to the second stop. I was like, no, 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 no. This is not going to work. Take you the need challenger to relax. now. Take the challenger now. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the backrest on and take her for a ride on that after we get her her gear. That's my plan after. Just, yeah. Yeah. Why can't I just wear your gear? Because your gear, my gear doesn't fit you. And it has to fit. So yep. let her know that Dan, Dan the farmer, <laughs> the safety well, I guy. Told I told her the story. I was like, I knew a girl. She had on protection, but she had it zipped down mm -hmm. about a third of the way. And when she went down, it peeled it off and she got road rash all down her chest. Oof. Just literally stripped her clothes right off of her. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, st same thing with stitching and all that stuff. Oh, we can keep mm -hmm. going. I gotta get going though. I know. But um, that was a lot of fun, man. That was a lot of fun.